She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday and we are getting ever so close to Christmas. And I want to share with you guys that this is the last episode of 2021. Um, Now, we will be back in the new year. Um, with some epic episodes and epic guests. I've got some amazing people lined up for you guys that are in full alignment with me and with those of you who are listening to the show every week. Um, But I could not be prouder or happier to end 2021 with the guest I have on next. Um, She is incredible at what she does. She is not only an amazing psychologist and coach, she's an author of two books, Find Your Flow and Choose Happy. Um, She's a great friend of mine. Um, Her and I connected a few years ago now, but we have been such a great support um, to one another in 2021 and in this episode we go on to talk about um, really how we've we've actually been there for for one another on a personal level so we share some intimate things about our own um, challenges this year and what we talk about in this episode is how to really cultivate getting your needs met and meeting your needs and falling in love with yourself and 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 really understanding yourself on a deep level without attachment so we cover attachment styles we cover choosing um authenticity over attachment and speaking your truth and how you can start to really understand what your needs are and get them met and so it's a beautiful beautiful gentle episode and um please welcome um my amazing friend and psychologist and author sarah greg she loves herself with jill ritchie Okay, so welcome back to She Loves Herself, Sarah. I'm really excited to have Sarah on the podcast because Sarah's been on, have you been on twice now? Yeah, I'm I'm like the, yeah, I just creep up in in almost every season. You can't get rid of me. She's she's here for every season, right? And and that's what's happening because um, Sarah and I connected a few years ago. So for those of you who haven't heard Sarah on previous seasons um, the conversations have always been really amazing and really I was going to say they flow (laughs) they flow really well Um, and actually Sarah is an author um, of Find Your Flow and um, she's also a psychologist so she's she's kind of coming on here as our resident psychologist but what maybe some of you don't know who are listening to this is that Sarah and I, um, we actually catch up every week, don't we? We have, and we've been doing that for, oh my goodness, feels like we've been doing that all year. It does feel like we've been doing it all year and it's been amazing to do because I think we've had, we've both had quite the year. I think a lot of people, you know, 2020, 2021 has definitely mm-hmm. been a year of, um, a little bit of resistance, change, things coming to the surface, needing to dive down into the deep work and our 
conversations have been like a little haven of vulnerability just to drop that mask and say how we feel and speak our truth and it's been a time of real growth for both of us it's been amazing like so we're talking like 2021 um has been I know personally for me like obviously the pandemic hit in 2020 and it was a challenge but I have definitely felt much more of a challenge personally emotionally spiritually um everythingly <laughs> um in 2021 and you have definitely um been a huge part of me navigating my way through that um so thanks Sarah <laughs> you're welcome thanks for you thanks to you as well and I think that's an important part you know I think people when you first dive into this world and you start to examine you know who am I what do I want how do I become you know more of who I really am and less of who I should be and you go on this journey of self-discovery you can look to other people and think, oh, they're the finished product and they've got it all, all figured out. And I think a key part of both of our work has been really being that voice in the space to say it never stops. Like it's a, it's a direction of travel. It's not a destination. And if you're signing up to do this work, to think that you're going to reach an end point and there won't be anything left to unravel, then you're in for a rough journey because more comes. Um, and I think before I didn't want more to come like I would feel nervous about it whereas now I welcome it because I know with each kind of wave of resistance or when I notice more about myself whether it's you know triggers ego shadow stuff coming up even though it's really uncomfortable to dive into I know on the other side of that is a better version of me and I'm prepared to stick on that path and on that journey to get to who she is oh I love that and then when you see like more comes um it really does and actually what what when you were saying that what I was remembering about my journey and yours this year is is um we've almost really helped each other navigate through 2021 is um, our attachments mm-hmm. to things. You know, the more comes when the more we're attached to things. Yeah. And actually, I'm not even just talking about physical things like, you know, um, like to money, to to homes, to cars and and clothes. I'm not even just talking about that yet. That all comes, but actually there's layers underneath that. And it's more about attachment to being responsible for other people's emotions, for, you know, for being attached to being responsible for maybe family members and maybe your partner and and even your children to a degree and the responsibility and obviously if you are a parent you are responsible for your children you are their caregivers and you know for me it's that unconditional love for the children but what I'm talking about is the attachment to I can't do this thing because it could upset them or um I can't do this thing because this person who I really, really love won't be happy with me. And so what I found was that I was very attached to being responsible 
for everyone else. And on a surface level, I didn't even, it really blindsided me that because I didn't think I had that on the surface. I thought, no, no, that's your stuff. You're responsible. But oh my God, like actually my attachment to making someone very unhappy or maybe making someone react in a way that would maybe trigger an argument or mm-hmm. it would make me feel unsafe and it would pe- maybe take me back to that in our child where she didn't feel safe and so that's when we realize how attached we are to everything around us and so for anyone listening to this just know going back to Sarah's point around looking at people thinking that they're they're the finished product you're never finished like until you die <laughs> on this earth and even then right your soul if you believe it which I do your soul goes on into someone else and then you get or you get that lesson again and again until you learn it right the soul keeps going until the lesson is learned and but actually as a human going back to being a human you're never done till you die Um, and gosh what this year has told taught me is that life as a human being is such a gift yet we get so attached to everything else and we neglect to meet our needs, our own needs for ourselves by being attached to everyone else. Therefore, losing our authentic self, our truth of who we are to our core, not who you even think you are, like who you think you are. This is deep couch, right? But who you think you are isn't actually who you are, by the way. I just want to say that. Ooh. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the real depths of the work. You know, I think like season one of my journey, if you like, was the was realizing there was a problem, was looking at my life and going, everything looks good externally. Like if you were to walk into my house, if you were to just observe the material aspect of my life. You know, you've got a house, you've got a car, you're in a relationship, you know, you've got a good job, you're a you're a good person, you know, like mm-hmm. not in trouble, like you know, you're functioning, you're nice a functioning things. adult, you do nice things, <laughs> but inter- internally, like you are a world within a world. So mm-hmm. that's one world, but my inner world was unfulfillment, feeling stuck, feeling lost feeling deeply unfulfilled and then trying to navigate that. And that was kind of like, you know, the first season. And then I think kind of like fast forward to maybe this kind of year, which has been like season three (laughs) of, of the journey is the realization that my heart hurt other people. And through my attachments, through my want and desire to control other people's emotional reactions, to protect them from hurt, to enable um, to enable them to not allow them to go on their journey um, and actually really looking at high how I impacted other people. You know, before it was the finger pointed out the way of, you know, I'm a people pleaser and, you know, you've taken advantage of me and there was that kind of aspect. But I think now we're into the depths of really looking at the ripple effect that we have on other people and how when we attach 
to people things in particular ways, it not only impacts us, but it impacts them as well. And it's a really, really hard move to step back and take radical responsibility for your own life and empower others to do the same. And it can feel quite unkind to do that, to let go. For sure. Oh my goodness. Like the actual, I would say the mental and emotional torture um, that almost courses through your body and mind when you're thinking about that versus actually just doing it. Um, because you torture yourself over and over and over again with all of the what ifs and all of them, you, you almost like play out the situation, a worst case scenario of, you know, if I do this, then the impact of this is this and blah, blah, blah. And okay, I get I'm very, you know, spiritual and, and really connected to um, my sort of self on a soul level more this year than I ever have before. But we do need logic, right? We do need mm-hmm. the mind. We can't forget about the mind completely. There's a difference between being in your head and ego versus logic, right? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that then, Sarah? Being in your head, I think we do. I think to be a unified whole person, we have to work with all different parts of ourselves and logic formed and exists for a reason. It's our ability to weigh up different scenarios and to think things through. And I think real power comes when we connect logic to our intuition. That really kind of like, if you can be an alchemist and mix those two together, I think that's where like the real beauty comes. Mm. But frequently we, we navigate to the extremes and we find it hard to find the homeostasis like the balance kind of point in the middle which I think is really important you know um so if we look at an at a really practical example and I know it's something that we both really worked through at a at a next level in 2021 which is asking for what we want mm-hmm. unapologetically communicating mm-hmm. our needs mm-hmm. and what your intuition will do will tell you what the need is it will give you signals whether that is through kind of like body intelligence so you know um whether it's like tension in your body you know or whether it is in your dreams at night or Mm -hmm. whether it is just that kind of little whisper that comes up continually like that's your intuition talking to you And then it will show up in logic and conversations as well. You'll find yourself debating it. But where the kind of like friction comes as opposed to the flow is, like you said, the brain, the brain and the ego wants to keep us safe. And we feel unsafe. If if you are the type of person that feels unsafe asking for what they want, we catastrophize. Catastrophize. (laughs) My word, can't say that word. And we think of like the worst case scenario. If I ask for that thing, if I say I need an afternoon to myself, you know, if I ask for more within my business, if I tell that person I need to charge for that particular, you know, session or event that normally I would do for free, you know, we think we're a bad person. What will people think of us? Um, they're going I'll to never be asked me. again. They'll be I'll never argument. be asked again. There'll mm-hmm. be an argument. You know, um, I'm selfish. I'm bad. And we'll do everything to repress it down. And that's fear just keeping us safe. 
But what's on the other side of that is growth. And actually, you know, through our calls, you know, we've both actually communicated more this year. I think, you know, this is what I want. This is what I need. And on the other side of it, you know, wasn't that disaster? It was someone going, yeah, that's fine. Or let's (laughs) have a conversation about that. And you think, I've spent all this time pushing my needs to the bottom. Sometimes years, Sarah. Years, yeah. Years. And I had bread. And this was kind of, this was the rough point for me to look at myself was I could recognize that and I could see the impact that it had on me. But then the next level of that was seeing how that impacted other people. Because when our needs aren't met, that energy still lives, you know, and it comes out somewhere. You're like a little volcano, you know. So you might not, you know, you'll shout at someone, you know, for not kind of like drying the dishes properly. Or when your partner or a friend or a business colleague asks for something they want, you can grow grow resentful to that. Yeah, like, Why do you share sure. what you want? And actually, when I started to look at sometimes how I responded to other people through my heart, it was it was quite upsetting, actually. You know, I could see the patterns of how other people impacted me in my life. But 2021 was the first year where I looked at, you know, how I impacted other people, how my high expectations of how other people should treat or respond or act in a certain scenario was really unfair. It was unkind because I was... I was asking them to meet my need. Mm. I was putting pressure on them to facilitate what I needed rather than looking within and going, what's the need and how do I meet that for myself? How do I find the courage to ask Mm. for the things that I want? Wow. And I'm resonating, as you know, because we talk every week about, you know, our, our own personal journeys. 2021 is has been the most challenging year for me emotionally, spiritually, everything really. And when you were talking about getting your needs met, I really struggled, which is so ironic because when I set up this podcast, it was about embracing vulnerability. And on so many levels I do, and I encourage others to do it, but the deepest part of me, as I said before, was it blindsided me because I didn't even realise how much I struggled with real raw vulnerability, which was getting a need met. Number one, I couldn't really even articulate to myself what that missing need was. Yeah. Um, and asking, God forbid, asking someone to meet a need for me made me feel so disconnected and shut off and vulnerable and Sarah you were on a thing that happens with me maybe back in March I'd been working with a coach and he um, obviously saw that I struggled with that and he created this thing called the celebration circle where there was you know lots of people came on that I knew that I'd maybe worked with um, and also family so my sister was there Daryl my partner was there with the kids And the night before I didn't sleep, I was those anxious feelings, racing heart, didn't want to do it, felt sick, wanted to run away. And I cried because it was, I felt like a child, like just so frightened. You know, when I say about being, um, seeing really naked, 
not physically, yeah. but emotionally naked. And it terrified me. I wanted to stop. And and all those people were just on there to say nice things about me. But I struggled to hear it. I struggled to receive it. Um, and I remember as part of the exercise, he asked me to watch it seven times back. And I watched it seven times back. And at the time, I just was like, why am I doing this? I don't need this. I don't need anyone. I don't need someone yeah. to tell me I'm all right. Like, go away. Stop. Stop. But as I really navigated my way through this journey of 2021, I realized my own attachment style was anxious avoidant. Mm-hmm. And I avoided people needing to need me and oh you know it just felt safer now not not good but safer to be in a space where I didn't need to ask for help where I didn't need anyone where I didn't need someone to give me a compliment and then you know I realized that actually when was the last time someone actually said something nice to you that you fully received it with heart with an open heart and I couldn't tell you when I did it I couldn't tell you, like I heard the words and people would say nice things. Clients would give me lovely feedback. I never fully sat with it with an open heart and received it because it felt safer not to have it because then I didn't have to rely on anyone. Yeah. But what I realized on that journey was that I was so shut off emotionally to to so many things that ah, gosh, you know, I just think, wow, like deep, deep stuff that wasn't even there on the surface. It was underneath it all and it impacted so much. And so really just understanding for anyone listening, there's a great book called Attached. Mm -hmm. And I always say this to clients, read that book because sometimes we wonder, and I hear this from people, why am I the way I am? Why do I feel the way I feel? Honestly, that book just sometimes to bring awareness to you to see what your attachment style is and why. It will make so much sense to you. It takes you back to childhood. It takes you back to, you know, everything. And and then I think sometimes when we understand why we behave the way we do, why we show up the way we do, why we react the way we do, there's something really lovely about it because then we've got something to work with. Exactly. otherwise we're we're walking about in the dark right and we don't know it actually gives us something to work with doesn't it when we understand our own attachment style it really does and I think all of this work you know points back to really unraveling the layers and integrating and get get into the core of who you are and that negative emotion or uncomfortable kind of like discomfort it's so important to sit in that and work out what it is because they are the parts that are showing up and telling you you need to you need to look at me you need to give me attention I am the part that kind of you know needs that love and needs that nourishment at this stage and I love um I don't know I've kind of like shared this with your group, we did a session um, this Sunday and um, was part of your Empowered Woman program on this psychology's kind of perspective on this. And Maslow, who created the hierarchy of needs, you know, he calls it demotivation, deficiency motivation. And similar in the way that if we were to go to a nutritionist and they would say, okay, you know, you're kind of lacking in iron or you need a bit more vitamin C in order to make your whole body system function in the way that it should in order for all those different parts of you, your heart, you know, your lungs, your digestion, 
digestive system so that they can work as a whole. These are the nutrients that you need. Demotivation is or demotivation or deficiency needs is looking at us as an emotional network comprised of different parts and looking at what parts are showing up that are screaming, love me in the same way that maybe parts of our bodies show up and say, feed me, you know, feed me more of the iron because that's what you kind of need right now. Like what's showing up in your life that's saying, love me, make me feel worthy, make me feel whole. And when we listen to those needs and we understand how we're maybe motivated by those needs, you know, if I look at my own experience, you know, people pleasing is a coping mechanism for me. It makes me feel safe. Like I am less likely to go into fight or flight. I'm more likely to go go into fawn, which is like a new kind of term in psychology, which is essentially people pleasing. So if there's conflict, I can resolve it really quickly. I will be calm and I will know intuitively what to say to that person. Or if I'm I'm in an awkward scenario, I'll fix it by giving or by pleasing in a way, but to the detriment of myself. Because I don't think about my needs in that scenario and I don't communicate from a place of authenticity. So that kind of shows me, okay, you need to make yourself feel more secure, more secure, more worthy to speak how you feel in that moment and choose that authenticity over attachment. Because ultimately, how that person responds is not positive or negative. It's just a response. Mm, It's the attachment. Yeah, it's the attachment. And if you're going to go in and wear a mask and give them a false version mm-hmm. of what you think, mm-hmm. you can never get close to the truth. You can never be at the core of a relationship. You can never meet a resolution and sit in that discomfort for a little bit, you know, and then work out a way through. You're always going to be this kind of um singing, performing, dancing version of yourself that buries and suppresses their own needs. And actually what I found, it was terrifying for me to drop those mechanisms because they kept me really, really safe. But what I find is like when you are clear, when you're willing to sit in that discomfort, that part of you eases and it goes and it integrates and it quiets down. But not only that, you give other people the chance to be their authentic selves. You encourage them to tell you, how are you feeling? How does this make you feel? What's coming up for you? And it just changes the dynamics of relationships in such powerful ways. And I think a key part of all of our journeys is, you know, with each layer, with each part that comes forward, it's another step closer to ourselves. It's another part of the mask that we're dropping and we're getting close to saying, I am actually worthy of being seen and heard in the world for who I am. And sometimes I will get that right. And sometimes I will get that wrong. And sometimes that will work for people. And sometimes it will make people upset or angry. But that's what I need in that moment because that's reality. If I do anything to obstruct that, what I create is a hallucination. Mic drop. Mike, drop, Sarah, I know like everything that you're saying, I was like, ding, 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 because um, I've said this from the beginning, if we are ever showing up with a mask on, and this even goes back to if you've ever gone for an interview and you just betray this version of you, so really simple terms, go for an interview and you're like pretending to be this person that you're not, and then you don't get the job and you take it really badly. 
And I say to people, like, never go into something like that or, or anything in life really pretending to be someone you're not and then get disappointed because yeah. you've shown up as a false version of you. And, like, where else are you doing that in your life right now? Where else are you not asking for what you want? Where are you going in, even with a friend, a family member, a, a husband, a wife, and you're you're thinking one thing but seeing another yeah and then you wonder why you struggle with you know maybe sleepless nights maybe anxious feelings and emotions and really in your head a lot and 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 your your thoughts are on a loop because you're not fully living your authentic truth and the truth of who you are and let me tell you it's not easy like Sarah and I are Mm -hmm. always always working on this but this year like you're going to be going into 2022 and I want everyone to think about this other year is a year and it's every day that you're here is a gift how do you want to live it do you want to live it where you have that feeling and I know because I speak to people every day I get messages from people who say I've got all these things, but I just feel like there's something missing. Yeah. It's your truth. It's your truth. Honestly, it's your truth. And it doesn't need to be bad. It doesn't mean that you need to end relationships. But if you do, then, you know, it's your truth. It's your truth. And I promise you, like, I know it feels scary because we are conditioned to believe that we need certain people, certain things, but you are whole. You're a whole, complete person. And when you start to live from that authentic place where it is truth and it's pure love, like it gets easier. It really, really does. It's actually harder not living in the truth Um, and being yourself and starting to meet those needs. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, right? So I'm not going to say one day you just wake up and you make that decision. Like I would encourage anyone that has those impulse, that impulse to do it, don't do it. Because when we're emotional, we're really emotional and we're in the head. We don't want to make big decisions from that place. I mean, I've nearly done that a few times and (laughs) had to sort of really talk myself around. But um, yeah, just know that you it's there for everyone like you whatever you're feeling you know there's there's something that needs attention that needs work just we talk about the love and we talk about how we give love to other people like what about yourself like when you start to really cultivate self-love and I'm not just talking I know this gets thrown around self-love 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 I'm talking about like the deepest part of self-love like like saying, like really loving yourself and saying, like, I will never abandon your needs to meet yeah. the needs of someone else ever again. Now, I'm not saying there's things that you don't do, like, you know, if you have to go around somewhere, you don't want to go on a night out or like you're like, OK, so sometimes there's things that we do that we don't really want to do. Right? That's part of life. I'm talking about deep stuff that you are you're you're not you know, you may be selling yourself out, right? You're yes. acting a certain way that you don't want to act. You're pretending, like Sarah said, you're wearing mask after mask after mask. And then you wonder why you feel ill and it manifests in your body. So you may struggle with, you know, autoimmune, you know, you may struggle with, you know, 
like irritable bowel that's another thing a lot of people really hold it in their stomach a lot of people really get a lot of sore throats and skin yeah. conditions these are typical manifestations of when you are holding on to energy emotion that is stored in your body needs to start to move through so just notice and check in with yourself you know where am I not honoring myself Mm-hmm. Is this the real truth of who I am? Is this how I want to live? And just love yourself more. We talk about love, you know, love is the answer, but it has to start with you. Like really love yourself, but to really love yourself and this year particularly, it's to get to know yourself. Yeah. That, and I think that is that is at the core of everything. Like if you want to change your life, and you want to change the world, it starts with yourself. And, you know, as I'm kind of like listening to you talk, it's prompting, you know, so many kind of like different examples, you know, from my own life where I didn't want to go into the inner world because it was much more comfortable to control the outer world. It was much more comfortable to point the finger at someone, to, you know, blame them or to try and control um, love and my way of controlling that was, you know, giving and pleasing. And if someone wanted to do something going out of my way and being praised for being a good girl and for being kind, now that was part that is part of me to be kind. It is part of me to give part of me to give. But what I noticed I was doing was overusing that signature strength. I over I learned to overuse my kindness to get what I wanted. I learned that if I was kind, it protected me from rejection. Because you can't criticize someone who's really lovely, you know, you can't, can't do that. You know, I learned that then other people, you could put me on my moral soapbox and I could say, well, they should have done that for me because look at all the things that I've done for them. And like, they're a bad person and look at me, I'm kind of great. And actually that overuse of that strength was making me quite an ugly person. It was breeding resentment. You know, I wasn't communicating to someone, hey, I actually don't want to go to the cinema or to dinner with you tonight because I'm pretty tired. Um, I actually just need some time to myself. But I'm going to go and maybe next time, whenever I really need you, what I would like in return is for you to show up for me in the same way that I'm showing up for you tonight. That would be really great. I was going, yeah, no problem. Oh, I'd love to be there. Oh, that movie sounds great. You know, and then the next time when they didn't do it for me, I was resentful. And my body language was... Yeah. yeah. And you, you I may not have said it with my words, but I said it with my body. You know, I would go a little bit cold. I would go a little bit quiet. And I left that other person confused and hurt because their version of reality was different. And of course it would be, you know, I'm thinking this is a transaction. I do this for you. And then I expect you to do something else for me in return. But actually what I was communicating was I'm more than happy to do that thing for you. And each time I did that, I lost a part of myself. I stepped away from that authenticity and I chose attachment. I chose, you know, I want you to be my friend. I don't want you to reject me. Um, I want to be, you know, this will hopefully prompt some love in return. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah disruptive not only for me like in the first stage I could see how I really disrupted myself mm-hmm. and now I look back and I see that was really disruptive and confusing time for others in my life 
because like I'm thinking of a particular stressful period of time when I really needed friends around me, but I didn't know how to ask for help. It's not in my nature to ask for help. It makes me feel massively uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to say, hey, I'm really stressed out and I'm having a really, really hard time right now. And I just need some I just need some people around me. And like, if you have the capacity to give me that, it would honestly mean a lot right now. Instead, you know, I give passive aggressive remarks. I probably felt like I was hinting in the right direction. You know, I got angry, I got resentful and I became the type of person nobody wanted to be around. So of course they weren't there for me and I didn't communicate it. And I think, you know, it's that Brené Brown quote, you know, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And when you're not clear with your needs, you're being unkind, not only to yourself, but to those around you. Like we've got to really speak how we want, regardless of what the response is. Yeah, yeah. You can't get it wrong when you speak your truth. You just can't. You really, really can't. So for the listeners, Sarah, Let's give them some tips on how they can start to identify their needs and meet their needs. Like what are some simple things that we could give them just to start working on today, for example? Because a lot of people are like, they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. How do I start? How do I start? My kind of number one recommendation is to keep a trigger diary. So needs, you know, may not kind of express themselves often in the most positive ways. So they're likely to kind of express themselves through triggers when someone kind of doesn't give you your need. So when it's not fulfilled, have a look at that because I think that's normally a really great indicator. So start to look at um, when do I feel triggered? Like what makes me angry? What instantly provokes me into people pleasing? When do I go numb? When do I freeze? When do I get, when do I go into myself? When do I maybe start to achieve more or work harder, you know, and push myself further? Like what's going on in my life? What story am I telling myself? I'm looking at the common threads in those defense mechanisms and what need do they need lead back to so if I look at mine for example pleasing other people that really shows me that I have a deep need for connection like I need connection and I need love and I need belonging and how do I give that you know that sense of belonging to myself and how do I cultivate it with those around me and when I'm not getting it like this is what it provokes in me I think nine times out of ten most people, the core need is the need to feel worthy and good enough. I think if we were to wrap every need up in it, it would be to the core. But once you have those, once you start to identify when your needs aren't being met, I think like the second piece is really looking at how do I structure small activities in my day to meet those needs. And that can be as simple as take yourself out on a date do something nice for yourself. You know, it can be um, breath work, meditation, yoga to move some of the emotions kind of through your body. You know, Mm -hmm. like yin yoga, for example, small gentle poses, really, really good for like the integration and start to do stuff for you and then start to challenge yourself. How can I ask for what I want? Start with something small, really small. Like say that you want to, I mean, this is how small I had to start. Like when me and my husband like were ordering lunch in, um, 
And normally we go to the same place, but sometimes I don't want to eat that thing. I want like something different, but I feel bad asking for that because it's an inconvenience because I'm going to have to go to two separate places. So learning for, for me, it started as small as saying, I don't want to eat that for lunch today. I'm going to have this other thing. And like, for me, that was terrifying. I get that though. Say that. And I think lots of people listening are going to get that because how many times, I mean, how many times does Daryl bring in a sausage roll from Greg's? And I'm like, I don't want that. But actually the amount of time, I'm like, I don't want that. But then I think, oh, he's wet and bought it. I'll just eat it. And eating it thinking, I don't even want this. But I know it's like funny, silly, but it's how often do we do that? Like someone puts a dessert or something down to us that we don't even really like and we don't want to offend. So we eat it. I know. Or take a drink. Oh, I don't want a drink. Or just take one. All right then. Yeah. So we betray our own needs by saying, okay, I just want to, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. So I'm just going to yeah, do so that. I'm going to, so I'm going to feel I'm uncomfortable. Gonna, I'm going to feel uncomfortable and I'm going to betray my needs. And not only am I going to do that, but I'm not going to communicate to you that I've done that. So then whenever you don't do something that I want to do later on, I'm going to be really pissed off. off. I'm going to be oh really angry. So we're all doing it. We're all doing it. Right. And when you say it's a small thing, it really isn't because it's, it's small thing. And like in the grand scheme, yeah, of like asking for things. like ordering what you want, saying that you don't want to go to that restaurant saying you don't want that glass of wine. Like, and I think when you start to master the small things, they represent on a larger scale, then it's much easier to kind of, you know, do the big thing so like start really small and notice the discomfort like you know I'm sitting going I really don't want to have that today like you know I want to nourish I feel like something a bit healthier like I I said I was going to have a salad today and oh but then it's really terrible because you know then that's like two places that we've got to go to so maybe it's just easier to go to the place that he wants and this is all in my head when actually I just find oh you know what I'm gonna have a salad today and instead of the world imploding, he just yeah. goes, yeah, great. Yeah, and, and guys, remember, the, the person might have a reaction to this because yeah. I'm laughing as I'm like, oh, my God, like looking back on things, like Daryl's much better at cooking now. But I remember like when we was only been together a few years and, I mean, God, he made me this dish. <sighs> wow. But I remember thinking, I'm going to have to eat this. And I probably, I kind of did anyway. But it was like, you know like when we're talking about these things about doing something that you don't want to do and they will say to you and they may actually verbally say it to you oh stop being selfish yeah remember that it is not ever ever selfish to meet your own needs when someone has a reaction to something that you say or do that's true to you that's on them like that's that's their stuff it's not yours and I know it's really difficult but going back to the pleasing side like you can honestly live in that authentic place with you know complete love like complete Mm self-love for yourself when you are consistently abandoning your needs to meet the needs of others and not everyone gets this but it's not your responsibility and it's understanding that you aren't responsible for how they react. You're only responsible for you and how you show up for you. And we were talking there about the um, like what tips that they could do. And I love that you said the trigger diary because just notice your patterns. Like mm-hmm. notice how often you're maybe in that same pattern over and over again, maybe sometimes 10 times a day 
And uh, the tip, you know, Sarah's got some amazing, amazing advice there. And, and one thing I want to add to that, um, again, is a super simple one of cultivating presence. Mm. And, you know, you'll hear a lot of people talking about gratitude and practice gratitude, practice gratitude. And this is something that when you're feeling low and you're in a dark place, when someone says to you, practice gratitude, I know personally it used to fall on deaf ears because mm. that I knew that I should that just made me feel more guilty for feeling the way I felt. You know, yeah. practice gratitude. In other words, you should be grateful. And then I would feel like I feel bad because I, you know, I should be grateful because I've got all these amazing things. So someone just telling you to practice gratitude, that doesn't always work for everyone. Actually, what really worked for me and a tip for you guys is to cultivate presence. So just noticing when you are distracted and as women particularly and men, we have worn um, the multitasking badge as an owner all of our lives we learned from maybe our caregivers that being, you know, if you're a multitasker and we've even, you know, slated men for it. Men are so rubbish. They can only do one thing at once. Well, maybe we should just be doing one thing at once, right? Because when we are doing three, four, five different things at once, we are never, ever present. And that is dangerous territory to get into over time because even just thinking about the last time you did the dishes, you know, when were you like allowing yourself to just do the dishes, you know, feeling the water on your skin, the suds, washing them, putting them to the side, or were you just doing the dishes, speaking to the kids, maybe on the phone at the time, on someone was on hands-free, thinking about something else? Like seriously, we think it's a good thing that we multitask and it really isn't. When you can really come back and practice cultivating presence maybe three, four times a day, it really starts to exercise that trust muscle from within Mm -hmm. that that inner world starts to say, oh, here she comes. She's coming back to us just to check in. And it might be that you get nothing. You get no insights, no wisdom that comes through the first 10 times that you do it. But trust me, as you start to do this, even just for a minute. So set a little reminder on your phone to have alarms that go off maybe once in in midday and once in the sort of early evening. And it's just a a little alarm that says presence and just catch it and notice, okay, that, that says presence. What was I just doing then? Like, what was I just doing? Was I doing three or four things? Was I concentrating on just being present or was my head everywhere? And it's okay, but just you're catching it, you're recognizing it. And then for that moment, sit in silence, place a hand on your heart and another hand on your belly and close down your eyes and come inward and just breathe. All you need to do is follow your breath, even for 30 seconds. What that will do is drop you into not only your nervous system into into safety and and really help regulate your nervous system it's just going to start to get you used to coming into your inner world which is your soul which is where you know your intuition lives it's your heart it's everything right and the more that you do that eventually over time and it can be you know in the space of days insights start to come and trust starts to come from within and it's really beautiful and not only do you get present and still 
everything starts to change. Like literally, you know, if you're out walking, walk. And you'll start to notice like the ground beneath your feet, the colours seem brighter, the air around you, you feel different the more that you do that. It's like when you go to the gym, you know, you start to build up your weights. It takes weeks, sometimes months to get to that weight that you want to be able to squat. And it's the same with working with the self, like coming inward and really trusting that every every minute that you take to cultivate presence, what not only comes from that is, you know, incredible insights over time and trust, it's gratitude. So going back to gratitude, when someone says practice gratitude, you're like, yeah, I'm grateful for blah, 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 blah. And what? And what? Like, because if you're not feeling that, and I mean feeling that from the deepest place of your heart, then it's just words. It really is shit. It's nothing. You start to, without even trying to practice gratitude, you instantly feel grateful. You know, I know when I've done it and the alarm's gone off, the timer's gone off in my phone and I've maybe been sitting with my boys, I stop for that moment and I really look at them and I really breathe and I just see them and I see their eyes and I see their face and their skin and I'm like, wow, this feels so different to just saying, I'm grateful for my children. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you really highlighted the trust piece because I think that's key. And I think the bit that we're always nervous about speaking about our needs is how the other person will react and can we trust ourselves with their reaction. And I think this is where we move from relating to more authentic relating like and regardless of how that other person reacts what it gives the opportunity for is that like a real authentic conversation again rather than this like fantasy land that you're creating through your actions where you know it's like an alternate kind of universe like even if the person reacts in a bad way well that's an opportunity to have like a proper discussion you know and to trust yourself that you can handle that information and you can communicate with you know that person and and you can have that deeper connection is key and that breath as well I mean when you when you feel a bit nervous and a bit unsafe like coming back to that is so powerful so I think that's such a great exercise and trust is such a key word you know when we want to be ourselves we've got to trust ourselves yeah oh I know Sarah such an amazing conversation we'll have to get you back on again because when you and I start talking we just go into this world don't we were like oh (laughs) it's so good but I feel like I don't know about you Sarah but I feel that there's a shift coming I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a real awakening um yeah of a lot of people when I go back to sort of four years ago just as I started this journey there wasn't there wasn't as much of this and and when and and when I started there was elements of it and even you know I've saw myself going down that path and having to pull myself back where it's chasing something it's you know it's maybe a bit of this or a bit of that and it's you know it's about numbers and sales and did it and honestly I just feel like there's such a shift coming where it's about consciousness it's about like truth and authenticity over attachment as you said and god yeah I want this for everyone and I feel like everyone is it is available to everyone it's whether guys that you are are ready to to take that step and you know just trust that 
When you take that step forward, honestly, the universe, source, God, however you, whatever term you use, is there. Like just, yeah. I, I feel very, and I haven't always felt like this, you know, this year has been very up and down, but I feel very supported. And I don't even just mean that, you know, of course I'm supported by friends and family, but I mean by energy, by source. I feel very support. There's a lot of support around me right now in the direction that I'm going in. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that, again, like that's the trust, you know, the more when stuff comes up and comes forward and the more you accept that this is a direction of travel, becoming yourself and being a human being, it's not a destination the more you can welcome it in with open arms and be like, okay, this is another bit that I have to work on. And I think if you are doing this work, like celebrate and applaud yourself because at times when you're in the depths of it, like when you come out the other side, you you have perspective and you can attach meaning to it. But when you're in it and you're trying to figure it out, like it's really, really hard work, but you're not only making yourself better, you're making relationships better. You're making your workplace better. You're making your business better. You're making, you know, the world a better place, like through this, Mm -hmm. you know, how we experience the world, you know, the world is a representation of our consciousness. You know, it is like, it's a total reflection back of us as human beings and where we're at. And I think we are seeing a shift change in this realization that we can't continue on this path that we've been on, working hard, you know, burn out, doing more, consuming more, putting strain and pressure on the planet that we're on, putting strain and pressure on ourselves. I think it's time for us to look for a new way. I mean, we made up these systems, we made up money, yeah, we sure. made up jobs. Like, sure. you know, it's not real. It is real, but it's also not real. Like, how can we deconstruct this in our it's own man-made, way? It's man-made, isn't it? It's man-made, yeah. all of it. Yeah, you're you're so right. And not when you when Sarah was saying you're you're help, you know, it's for relationships and everything, it's you're also healing not only yourself and perhaps current relationships, you're honestly it stops with you when you yeah. do this level of work. It stops with you and future generations. So if you're someone who has children or is going to go on and have children, um just know that the we are everything is energy everything yeah. is energy and so when you start to do this work we think oh I, I could hurt other people actually what you're showing them like turn that around instead of thinking oh god of the short term this might hurt someone think about actually what you are showing future generations on how to be like how to really cultivate self-love and get your needs met once you do that you not only heal you actually heal your past yeah and you heal for the future so that no one else that comes after you has to take on that burden and has to take on that trauma and it doesn't get passed through the ancestral line anymore because you've taken that action because trust me when I say when you know some of you might listen to us and what you're talking about ancestral stuff you know there's an amazing book called it didn't start with you and you know we do carry things through our ancestors absolutely Sarah I know in, in psychology there's much more studies around this now isn't there 
a lot more. Like we know through like epigenetics, we know that um, trauma is kind of like passed on mm-hmm. through our through our genes, you know, Absolutely. through behaviors. So Absolutely. although kind of like ancestral lines can have, you know, a spiritual kind of connotation to them, I think, um, you know, science and psychology is is catching up with that notion and actually realizing that is true, you know, even in May, I think it takes like, is it like 11 to kind of like heal the, the genes entirely? Um, but it starts with you as through your relationships, you know, healing how you, how you attach to others, healing that trauma, stopping that line. And it is really transformational. And I think like that's the bigger meaning and that's the bigger purpose. And that's what kind of keeps me going. I think when you do the work on an individual level and you see the results for yourself, you then kind of like transcend into a different place where it's like, you know, I want to leave the world better than I find it. Like I want my relationships to be really deep and really meaningful and authentic and pure. And I want to create a space where other people can say how they feel and I don't judge them. Like I give them that unconditional positive regard. I just listen to how they feel and I may not agree with it, you know, but I try my best to be like fully present with them. And I think like we're all just humans just in a messy world, really trying to like do our best <laughs> like yeah, you know are. and that's all we can do is our yeah. best right and without putting pressure on anyone just notice where you maybe not even are saying I'm doing my best because sometimes we can think oh I'm doing my best but actually it's to the needs of other people yeah so actually what is true to you and just mm-hmm. keep coming back to that you know keeping the trigger diary if that floats your boat, cultivating presence if that floats your boat, or both if you yeah. want to do both, do both. Um, and enjoy the journey. Enjoy getting yeah. to know yourself. Like as Whitney says, you know, the greatest love of all and all that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. She had it nailed, although, you know, there was yeah. some stuff that Whitney had to work through herself, but those words, right? learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all it's so true like so how about you start to learn to love yourself forget about everything that's man-made and made up as Sarah says and just come back to what is true to me Mm -hmm. right now and and reflect on your year so you know we're going to end um we're going to end 20 um 21 with this episode we're finishing up just before Christmas Sarah so this is the last episode to go out and so it's such a great conversation and it's a great way for you to think about okay how can I start to really love myself and fall in love with myself more um, and end this year with real compassion forgiveness because you can't go back so no matter what you've said or what you've done listen don't live with regret just start to think about okay what can I do today to start to move forward into you know another day and another month and another year and getting to know myself and getting to trust myself and getting my needs met by me first and then as a byproduct others will meet my needs too yeah I love that line Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah. Have a beautiful Christmas. Yeah. Have a great one. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.